0: Hi, and welcome to the Hotel podcast with your hosts, Michael Ross and Christian Lipinski. Every week, we'll dive into the stuff we find interesting through our work in this business. We'll have industry updates, expert guests, and our own musings on what we think the future might look like. We also want to hear from you. If there's a topic you'd like to have featured on one of our next episodes, email us at
1: info at iMeadHotel.com or find us on LinkedIn at Hotel.
0: Hi, I'm Christian Lipinski and welcome back to iMeet Hotel, the podcast. Now, today we're going to talk about a subject that's close to our hearts here at iMeet Hotel travel startups. Often at the peak of innovation, this is where you can see some of the most original ideas that soon may become commonplace. Who knows? Since we're talking travel startups, who better to co-host than co-founder and CEO of Bidroom, Michael Ross? Uh, Michael, welcome back. How was your last week? Uh, any updates you want to share before we get started?
1: Well, it was an interesting week. Um, preparation as well in two days will be the skiff conference where we talk about subscriptions and, and loyalty. And it's a really busy week. We we're preparing ourselves, uh, improving the product uh, as soon travel recovers. We, so we want to be ready more ready than ever. so yeah. uh, we're all really busy. Yeah. um we're still growing as a company and uh, looking forward to the future brings as you see, there's some positive now you get some positivity coming yeah um so it's a matter of a few months and then uh, hopefully we can start uh, a bit of traveling again
0: yeah as long as the weather gets better here you know it's uh mid-april and i'm wearing my winter coat uh uh, out to work uh
1: so i tried i try to avoid talking about the weather because that's the the only negative part so far but it's all good
0: so michael since uh you know you are an entrepreneur yourself and you've started you know startups uh it's a tough business you know even uh, you know all the different startups are happening since covid um you know you see them come up and they see them disappear and what we see with bid room is it started uh, obviously as a startup and it's growing during the time of the pandemic so there's got to be a lot of things that go packed into you know how to do this so i guess let's let's start with you know one what do you need to do before getting into startups? What kind of person do you need to be uh, in order to make that successful?
1: Well, I think the most important is the belief, right? If mm. you don't believe in, in your product or something, what you want to build, you'll not succeed. So I think the belief is really, really important. I think also you have to be confident. Confident if you're building something, doing something that you're confident in your product, but also in yourself. So I think there, is, and there are much more uh, ingredients or something an entrepreneur has to, uh, has, to, has to have. But I think belief is by far I think the most important and keep pushing and, and don't give up mentality, right? Because you see in a startup you can see it's a lot of up and downs, but as soon as things goes down, it should motivate you to things to do things better. So Yeah,
0: so you can't get disheartened easy, I guess is what you're trying to say. You know, do you think that it's more important of of course, you know, products develop over time. Uh, and, you know, during our episode about um, about Bidroom and how the product evolved. So do you think that maybe you need to have more confidence in yourself before the product, or is it the other way around, that you have a really good product, then you go into something?
1: I think it's a combination of all of it, right? And even looking also at the creativity part, I think it's something we should not forget, right? Yeah. Because you see in, in moments like this, and you have to just make changes in the company, especially when you have a travel startup or any startup, First of all, your idea has to be creative, right? And I yeah. think you have to see the opportunities there. Then you have to innovate, innovative ways to do things and bring it to the, to the audience. So mm-hmm. it's a, I think it's a complete combination. I think one mm-hmm. ingredient is not enough. Uh, as I mentioned, the, the positivity and the enthusiasm combined with the, uh, the being optimistic, it's, it's for sure super important. But you need more things to just normally to succeed in, in, in your journey. Mm-hmm.
0: So what, what are uh, some of the things that uh, on your journey... Uh, with startups that you found that were, you know, oh, I didn't expect this happening, or what did you learn? What were some of the advantages or maybe disadvantages of getting into startups?
1: Well, I think it's still the risk for many people, right? You're just risking a lot. Um, often you're just taking a loan or you're just borrowing money in the beginning from maybe friends and family mm-hmm. to start a business. And of course, it's a risk. You don't have the security when you're working for a company and you just have a and, and income every month you just know what you're earning and it's, it's completely different so right. I think it's as an entrepreneur you have to be ready to take risk because mm-hmm. you have to be ready for the unknown yep. I think that's really really important that you're just able and you're just uh, open to take to take risk and, right. and to be keep learning constantly as well because for sure there will be some failures during your journey mm-hmm. but then you should make sure that those learnings turn into uh, something positive and make sure you do something with those learnings right so I was
0: going to ask, you know, you, you brought up uh, financing and things like this. Um, you know, some of us uh, have a brilliant idea uh, but uh, don't have the money to back it. Uh, and you mentioned loans, uh, these different things. I mean, from from your perspective, and what kind of uh, evolution did you go through? Did you start with something small or, you know, you see a lot of these, you know, different um, technology summits where there's lots of investors going to these, um in preparing for that can you kind of give us a, a glimpse of what that looks like
1: yeah well normally you see the first stages often is often is an angel investment so uh seed investment so from friends and family so yep. it's really early stage really in the beginning you need something to start mm-hmm. or you have some savings by yourself ideally if not you just have to convince others and i think it starts already there uh, if you really believe in, in in your in your idea in your concept in your company uh, I think people seeing this, I think they see this twinkle in your eyes that you really believe in what you're doing, then people are willing to invest. As soon as they see that you're just not ready to take a risk, that you just don't fully believe actually in, in, uh, in your idea, yeah, then it will be more challenging. So I think that's the most important, as I mentioned before, to, to really believe in yourself and also what you're developing, because that's, I think, the only way you can, can raise some money And in that case. Often you're looking first close to you. Uh, I think it's also important that you're able to convince fans and family. I think it also gives you actually some extra pressure sometimes to make it really successful. Sure. Yeah. I think that's not bad. And, you borrow, um, borrow yeah. dad's and I would recommend yeah. to pitch a lot, right? I think you yeah. can see in the beginning there are quite, quite a lot of pitch events. Sometimes you can win something there as well. Mm. But I think what is most important is that you become confident. The more you're speaking about it, you get feedback about it. I think that's really important, and you're and you're seen. Mm. If you see as well, some, uh, the majority of the investments we raised was often because we met people on a conference or we met people somewhere. So be really be out there. Sure.
0: And so being, being out there, um, I mean, what, what does that entail? Is that a online present? It's, is it uh, going to these events and speaking about the product or investing money at booths, let's say at web summit or wherever the end of these tech uh, uh, um, conferences. Um, is there an angle you should go at first? Is it being more online? Is it mm-hmm. being more physical? I mean, I know we're in the pandemic right now, but, uh, as many things, hopefully we move past this and able to get back out there. What would you suggest or how, how do you see it, uh, uh from your own experience?
1: No, I just, yeah, networking online could work, but I personally believe much more to meeting people and see them, look them really in the eyes. I think it's yeah. so much more important. So, uh, we went to quite some events before as well. I don't believe personally in taking a booth or taking a stand somewhere and investing quite a lot of money mm-hmm. for a startup into those things. No, I prefer it would be good just attend the conference to learn and to meet and stay. I always yeah. stay as one of the latest on the conference because especially there's always some after events. You're meeting people there, you're talking to people and you have an open conversation. I think it's super important and to just to mingle with everybody, right? If there's a break or there's a lunch break, just don't wait and don't stand with your with your colleagues and talk about them. No, just walk around. Start, start talking to people, and I think that's so important. And that's, again coming back to this confident part, right? That you mm-hmm. just have to make sure that you're just confident. You just step into people, start talking to them, uh, and increasing your network because that's having a network mm-hmm. and in any startup is it's really essential to growth, to start partnerships, and to raise my to raise some investment
0: with any startup or any product uh, that you're producing, you want to find a, a niche or something in the market that is not there at the moment that you're, you're providing a, a service that's not available or an idea. How do you come up with that, Michael with, with BidRoom uh, being able to, you know, start the subscription based platform before uh, it was even existence in, in, in travel. Uh, how, how, do you, you know, do, do you do a lot of research? Uh, how do these things, these ideas come up?
1: No, I think for sure research is important. I think it's, again, it's a combination of many. I think the timing, first of all, is the timing is crucial. I would launch Bidroom 10 or 15 years earlier, it, will, it won't work, right? right? The subscriptions were not so popular as they are now. Um, so I think the timing is, is really important. So make sure that the timing is right. Um, one of my first companies, I started kind of a short-term rental company, mm-hmm. like an Airbnb, what was 20 years ago. Uh, even longer if I just so it was really I was pretty young I was 18 or something and it was this it was the timing wasn't right and it didn't succeed so I, I learned from it a lot so and that's also the timing is so important to make sure that actually you're just making sure there's some validation and you make sure the timing is right mm. I think it's also they always say you have to make an, it the idea has to be amazing um, yes your idea is is important but often you see or the execution has to be better because there are multiple companies or startups they just they're they have some uniqueness for sure i think it's important and be creative as so, or just be more creative and how you're getting your your users or your members or your customers right so it's also really important that you're just creative in the way you just can be different than others mm. because you can start something right it doesn't matter if you're starting for example a shoe shop in, in a sentence in a and you see it yourself as over a web shop for example yeah. at the end you might sell the same but the way you're just acquiring customers has to be more unique and don't do the same way so you have to be be different kind of inventory could be different kind of collection could be different ways of approach different way of marketing so i think just i think uniqueness is super important and to make it also pretty interesting for investors uh, often Mm -hmm. or have an execution which is just better than the rest so through your
0: through your experience um, you know, of course there's always setbacks, uh, setbacks with anything. Um, you know, how do you, how do you push through those setbacks? I mean, uh, you can see a lot of products go down or fail or companies fail or startups fail, um, you know, because of a setback or people get disheartened by this. Uh, how do you get past a few of those? I'm sure that in bid rooms history, you've changed the, the model from bidding on a hotel room, uh, and the hotelers would bid on uh, a customer to a subscription base how do you find that balance between not getting disheartened but learning from it and going forward what's what's the quality that you have to have
1: i think that the benefit of a startup compared with a corporate is flexibility uh, flexibility and being agile mm. so if you see that things just doesn't work or they could work better differently then just do it right just don't wait too long before it's too late so if you see and of course, we had the same learnings. We saw that. So, so we were testing with their business model. You see that some things just doesn't work uh, or they could work differently. They could be more successful. So then be able and don't be scared. This is again, coming back to risk. Don't be scared to make a move, right? Mm. And yes, you might have some people say, okay, why are, you, why are you changing your business model? But if you think this is the right way, of course, it's good to test it before. I think that's also pretty important to make sure that if you make make a move and make a change that you just validate this before, mm. But listen to the industry, right? Listen to what is what is happening, and, and the, combined with timing as well. If you see that timing is not right to do some some change or some move, just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And again, but still be, be able and be able uh, be uh, be open to take a risk. I think that's so important, and then uh, to make a change as well when you see it's 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 needed.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's let's move to technology and startups. I mean, where do you rate that in between the idea? Mm-hmm. And in the technology, you know, I, I would imagine both of them have to, you have to have a really good idea, but you should also have the technology that's able to deliver that. How do you rate that? And how do you go about uh, finding the right people to build those tools? Mm
1: hmm. Well, they often say a startup is a technology company. Uh, often, yes, it's combined with uh, technology, but doesn't have to be. You can be a startup when you're just starting a web shop and start pretty simple and, and take kind of WooCommerce and some existing and existing software and just start it, right? It doesn't have to be directly uh, too difficult and you can take the learning from there and then develop further. Mm-hmm. So I do believe that it's, often the combination of technology is interesting, but it doesn't always have to be in the first phase, right? In your MVP phase, if you're really making it too difficult, mm-hmm. just also realize, but by owning the technology, that's a different discussion. If you see the value of a company and, and scalability, okay, then it makes a lot of sense. If you're owning the technology and build something scalable, but also something unique. So if you want to, depends also what is your personal goals. Some people say, okay, I want to build a startup and it would be nice to build at the end, a team of five or 10 people to, to scale a bit and to, con- to, to live from it. It's a different approach. If you're building a company which you want to succeed, scale, uh, growth at least 200% per year, for example, mm-hmm. it's a completely different approach. So, uh, And again, I think technology also is seen as an asset now. Mm-hmm. So also when you want to succeed in a company or make a potential exit, of course, it's completely different if you're owning the technology or when you're using an existing kind of software or, or mm-hmm. toolings out there.
0: You, you just mentioned something uh, pretty interesting that uh, maybe not a lot of the listeners would, would understand. You said uh, a
1: potential exit. Uh, what does that mean with startups? Okay, An exit normally they're calling this as uh, you're selling your company. Okay. But right. that's for, for many startup founders, the goal is to sell the company. Uh, okay. Why? Because it's a milestone. It means, uh, or you're selling it because you just think that other people can make it, scale it further. I think it's also often a reason to sell the company uh, or you see, you're you're actually you reach your level of your of your own capabilities. Okay, now we are in a phase mm-hmm. when we're having 100 people, and actually by selling the company, they could take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there could be different reasons of an of an exit, right? You could right. have a competitive advantage compared with others. That's why they're crying you, they're buying you. So there could be different reasons, mm-hmm. but of course. But of course, the majority of the startup founders they they're taking a risk because mm-hmm. at the end they also know what could be their 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 price, right? What could be what could they win from it? So, mm-hmm. and as also of course driving as well their their uh, their believing and driving their their motivation to work hard every day, that there could be a day once that you just sell your company. So
0: looking at startups, I mean, there's a lot of elements that go into it, uh, and then a lot of just you know, uh, knowledge, uh, in certain industries, whether it's technology, uh, and it can get all really, really muddy. So maybe if you can kind of clear up, uh, I guess, uh, your experience in a startup and relate it, uh, I suppose to something that, uh, normal guys like me, are going to understand.
1: Okay. I'll try to, Uh (laughs) Um let's give an example. Maybe it's a nice example. I do like uh, Formula One it was a great uh, weekend yeah. again as as Thanks our advertising for Stopper One. Nobody watched it, so you did a great race. Yeah. But if you see the race as well, uh, I think it's an interesting example. Like there's a lot of factors which doesn't uh, which you don't know, right? There was there's a lot of rain. You just have to adapt it. You have to change the strategy constantly. You Just have to see what is happening. They say, okay, now it become dry. They change it quickly. The tires. So and this is actually pretty the same. Like in a startup, to be honest, mm-hmm. and maybe it's a nice example. You can, so you see that constantly you have to be aware what is the competition doing, yeah. what is the timing. I mentioned this one. Timing was essential to change the tires from wet to medium, for example. So yeah. there's a lot of similarities. In the end. You see as well, like if we continue with the, the, the comparison with uh, with Formula One, at the end you, you, you can see, you can practice, right? You just have to. You've got your, your period where you can just as more your MVP. You can learn from it, you can improve, and you can tweak. Mm-hmm. Then you have to qualify yourself, make sure you get a few through a few possibilities, few runs. Make sure that you're just doing, and and mm-hmm. you can make a, sometimes a small mistake. You can have a second chance. Make sure you just at the end succeed. At the end, you just want to be a race right. winner, right? And right. at the end. Maybe call it make a difference if you're calling about an, an exit might be the becoming world champion so there's a lot sure. of similarities yeah, yeah. at the end you see as well that by by but for example again from a level1 you see there's there's a driver right and it might be uh, might be me as, as a CEO of the company or founder of the company but at the end if you see what is around the team the team is massive right if you see the right. team of Mercedes they have over thousand employees why because it's all based on data uh, they have people just engineers Uh, it's the same we have engineers who are working on the website we have people analyzing our data constantly keep improving constantly improving to make sure that this car is going quicker and often what I sometimes I try to explain our technology as well to people Mm -hmm. and I use the same example Uh, we saw we build a we build a good car uh, which I can compare with our website Mm -hmm. Uh, but then you need also an engine and we're looking okay should we get this engine this technology somewhere else or should we build by ourselves? and We decided to build by ourselves so we have our own infrastructure and connectivity which is like super good engine actually seems to be out seems to be one of the best engines out there now so it's great to see that other people want to use our engine we'll see if we're going to let people using our engine as it's so strong and we can win the race for sure with this one and at the end you just have to make decisions there and the end and sometimes in split seconds and that's also what i mentioned before the flexibility mm-hmm. it's the same in a race right if you see things doesn't work you just have to change your strategy right. um and try it differently and yeah, you have to work with teammates you have competition out there yeah but at the end you just have to make sure that together as a team you just uh, uh win uh win this battle
0: so i suppose uh, sticking with the f1 because i'm also a huge fan uh uh, comparison there, you know, you have these pit stops where the cars come in, get their tires changed and they're off. And, you know, two second pit stops, these guys, tires on, off, gone. And, uh, for example, uh, I guess you can say the pandemic has been of a bit of a pit stop uh, for, for most companies out there. So this is the opportunity to get things changed up or tweak things a little bit before you get back on that track and try to win that race. Um, but you can see how things can go terribly wrong as well that uh, a car stops for four seconds and they lose the race. So looking at that, you know, you talked about building uh, your own solution, your own engine, that could take a lot of time or is it worth it? Or is it having a good engine versus the pit stop? I mean, I would see personally that having your own solution, not using third parties would be the best way to go. You're not reliant. Um, You know, a couple of years ago when Renault uh, and Red Bull split, you know, they're not reliant on Renault anymore for their engines. So do you see it that way as well by having your own solution as um, something that's going to make the engine stronger?
1: Don't have to be. I think it's decision, right? It doesn't. You don't always have to build your own engine. Uh, of course, it's an asset, and it's great to have it because, for sure, it matches with your with your wishes because you build it on your requirements. But it doesn't have to be. You see that some teams, and sometimes you're not able to build a technology because you don't mm-hmm. have the knowledge in uh, in house, than you know, of the people in house. So you see that the majority of the teams are using engines of other teams. Right. Right. So there is okay. They develop something which is extremely good, or which is good, or good enough. Mm-hmm. And of course, you see differences also connected to your budget, to your team, to sure. your own requirements. So not everybody has the same Mercedes engine, right? right. Uh, you can see there's some people using different engines out there. Uh, sometimes it has to keep improving. Sometimes they're taking an, a cheaper engine, but they keep improving this one. Mm-hmm. For example, what they did with Honda. So there, there are different examples, but it doesn't always have to be that you have to build your own engine.
0: Sure.
1: Uh, I think the race we are, we, we are into, I think uh, I strongly believe we could only win when we have the build your own engine. Sure. So because now I can see we can drive a bit quicker than the rest. We can see we also have a different business model. We, we are differently bit than the rest and we could only win uh, by having this uh, in place. Mm-hmm. And it sounds
0: like uh, in the future, you'll have your own Bidroom F1 team uh, as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now we kind of got a background on on startups, what it takes, the different uh, things you need to do. I figured we'd talk about a few startups um, you know, to kind of close the show out. So, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first on the startup I found this week?
1: Um, I I'm just thinking about one I know actually. Yeah. Uh, I don't know which one you had in mind, but feel free to share yours uh, after. But I am just thinking about the guys who I spoke to. Uh, I think, already one and a half year ago, mm-hmm. the guys from Triploop. It's an American startup. I met them at the World Tourism Forum. We mm-hmm. won this award as Bidroom in 2017, 2019. I was in the jury. Um. And actually, those guys were pitching and they built an app actually for group travel. So, people who are traveling uh, within a group, they install the app, they can communicate with each other, they can see their whole travel journey initially, they can add uh, this different stuff, they can share photos. Pretty cool. So, they had to start, but then of course, you saw in, uh, in March 2020, you said, okay, the pandemic started, group travel was just stopped completely, right? It was just no group travel. So what the guys did, and what I really like, and, and I reached out to the guys and say, okay, how, do you, how, does, how, how are they doing, right? That was one of their mentors. Mm-hmm. I said, actually, what we decided, we just rechanging changing our app and rebuilding a virtual group travel. So what they did actually, so they, they sent guides, for example, in Japan, as they told me. They sent them uh, walking around Japan, uh, and this, this guide was actually filming recording. And they had 20, 25 people going virtually to Japan as a virtual trip. They raise some money, they get some money from, for example, from the, uh, from the from Japan Tourism uh, um, Agency, uh, company. Actually, they get a couple hundred thousand euro, and they could succeed, and they could survive. So this is this flexibility and creativity, what they use. And I think it's a good example, because without doing this, they will be just not there anymore. They will mm-hmm. just uh, be bankrupt, they will not survive. But by being, uh, by being creative, innovate be able to right. take a risk, uh, they succeeded, they raised new money, and they are now stronger than before. So that's actually impressive to see what they achieved. Mm-hmm. And that's I thing that's the ingredients that a startup should have.
0: Right. It is finding that, uh, again, as you mentioned, as we talked before about uh, Bidroom's model from bidding on the guests to uh, becoming the first subscription-based uh, travel platform, that you have to be able to kind of see what's happening in the world around you and being able to adapt to it. And it sounds like this is what these guys did. Um, I would say the, the startup that I came up after, you know, talking about doing startups and, uh, for this episode, there's one that I came up, uh, across called be right back dot travel. And it's a really interesting one. It's not for everyone. I can tell you that because you don't know where you're going. Uh, and it's a su- subscription, uh, platform. I think it's like 50 euros a, a month. And every four months you get a three day and two night trip. And you don't know where you're going. You just select things, what you like to do, whether it's going to the beach, nightlife, romance, culture. Uh, and then you pick up a bucket list, whether you want to go to Paris or uh, Prague or wherever. Uh, and you select these airports that are right near you. And then a month before your trip, they send you an envelope with where you're going, with cover the airfare, uh, the hotels. And so really, really interesting uh really interesting idea. Like I said, it probably wouldn't be for everyone because, you know, a lot of people like to know where they're going. This is more of like a surprise thing. Uh, but I thought that was really interesting that, uh, I haven't seen out there before. Uh, what do you think about something like that, Michael? Is it, uh, something that you would be uh, looking into go on a surprise trip? Like, here you go. Here's your envelope, Michael. <laughs> off the i always want
1: to be in control. So yeah. in this case, it's not something for me. <laughs> I do like their business model subscriptions, as you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. A, I want, I'm going to be pretty in control. Yeah. It, I think there's something. Was also something similar. I think in Netherlands, I think it's called Surprise Me or something. So mm-hmm. at the end, you just pay a specific amount, and then actually you didn't know where you should go, and right before they also informed you about the, the destination and the place. So I think there's always an audience for it. Of course, they right. should test it. Uh, how big the audience is, but it is. Yeah, if you don't test, you don't know. And it seems to be that some people just don't know anywhere where to go. Right? They need some yeah. inspiration. Uh, you can see now if you're using netflix as well before the, you can see the series and you could choose and now there's okay i don't know what to choose recommend me something or yeah. just take one for me choose it i don't know anymore so it, it makes sense uh, yeah if it works for them i'm, I'm happy for them mm-hmm. i think for sure there could be an audience for it i'm more as i mentioned before control freaks. So i just want to yeah. know where i'm going <laughs> for sure if you go with family you don't want to make sure that you know where, where to go but uh for sure we market for it
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I imagine, Uh, like you said, those people are not too confident in what they're going to go or what they're going to do or, you know, just don't want to spend time and maybe like that little surprise element. Uh, So other than that, uh, I suppose, Michael, one last question for you before we wrap up today's episode. Um, I guess you can say if I want to get into a startup today uh, in 10 words or less, what would you say to me uh, before I started that journey?
1: Um, maybe I would just say a bit of the, what I personally think is the characteristics of an entrepreneur, right? I just mentioned a few, but I think I can just let, let me think about a few words which comes to my mind yeah. when I talk about entrepreneurship starting. I think I mentioned the creativity part. I think it's super important to make sure that you start with an idea and just see the opportunities there and, and to be able to innovate. I think passion uh, is mm-hmm. super important. Um, that I think what drives entrepreneurs every day and you should love what you do. I think passion is super important. Uh, of course, motivation. There will be up and downs. So you just have to have to keep this positive mindset, and turn away actually your mind away from negativity because there will be a lot of negativity. There will be people telling you, no, it's not the way you should do it, or. Don't do it. It's a risk, et cetera. So uh, motivation is super important. Mm-hmm. I think it's also really important to know the industry. I think it's also one of the, the industry. My passion is, is travel and technology. So I think it's a great combination. Sure. But I think that you really know what you're talking about, right? If you think, okay, I'm going to do the startup into uh, in, in something where you have no, in, in healthcare, where I have no knowledge, it doesn't make any sense, right? Mm-hmm. So do something that is close to you. I think I mentioned in the network part, be really able to network with people. I think connecting with people, uh, recognize opportunities for partnerships. I think it's super important. Uh, You keep improving network skills. Maybe in the beginning it's a bit scary Mm -hmm. sometimes because, of course, you might be not 100% confident yet. But the more you're doing it, the more confident you do. I know, remember the first time I was speaking on stage, I was pretty nervous. But now I did it so many times it becomes kind of, well, I don't want to say a new normal, but I'm okay with it. It's still right before. Sometimes a bit scary, but it's only <laughs> on the stage. it just, I love it to do it. So um, I think this confidence part I mentioned, so make yeah. sure you believe so you can achieve your, your goals. Um, self-confidence visualizes things, what you want to be become or what you want to achieve. I think it's super important. Well, uh, let's think optimism. is also yeah. important. Yeah, sure. They should, yeah, Entrepreneurs are dreamers, right? Yeah. They just have to dream. I think it's really positive. You see the positive side of the situation and, and, Think forward, um, and it also, of course, optimism supports, in my opinion, creativity. Yep. There will be for sure challenges, but I think by by developing optimism, it helps you a lot. Mm, one more. let's Vision. Don't forget vision. I think entrepreneurs should have a vision. Mm-hmm. They should see the big picture, right? What yep. they want to uh, accomplish at the end. Do you want to become, we talked about this, exit? Do you, is this your goal? What mm-hmm. kind of exit? Um, you have to be focused constantly, so I think having a vision is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I'm, I'm going to make it till 10. I can do it. Yeah. So um, <laughs> goal mindset, I think mm. it's very really important. Entrepreneurs should be goal-oriented. Uh, so they should really have some objectives, uh, make a timeline when they want to reach specific goals, uh, also to guide their actions. So goal mindset. And let me go for number 10, risk I just yeah of course entrepreneurs should be able to take the risk Um, yeah they should plan that there will be unknown right they might should make sure that they know what things could come Mm -hmm. what they didn't expect to become Uh, things could go different there might be some values but I think this having this goal in mind could help you a lot so I think that's something things which important and I think to summarize as well before, it's like the five ingredients or a few ingredients, what I think in general, mm-hmm. a startup should have. I think there was more the entrepreneurial part. Um, and I think I did a lot of lessons then. I think the last part, what I want to include is the, the, the timing, right? The time people is super important. So make sure you have great people around you. Uh, and you're never doing this alone. I mentioned an example with Formula One. Mm-hmm. There's a whole team around you. So make sure you have great people around you. I think I was just giving it as an advice. Uh, make sure that the timing is right. I think it's super important that you're, mm-hmm. that you're creative, have a great idea. Um that it has to be different or your execution should be better, so uh and I think most important just keep pushing just just do it if you if it's your dream, some people say I should know if I should follow my dream, I should do it if you think you can do it and you feel a belief, just do it, mm-hmm. just give it a try because it's the best best satisfaction and and I love it so uh <laughs> I think I could share a few things as so a It's a subject I really love. Well, I think think we
0: need need to do a whole uh, season on uh, different things in startups to look at. So maybe we'll come back with another episode series and we'll do a whole series. Uh, If you as a listener want to hear a whole series on startups, we'll cover every single topic. You let us know at info at imeathotel.com. So other than that, Michael, I think uh, a lot of information packed in there. Uh, Again, I want to thank you for your time this week. I know you're a busy man. Uh, and any final words for today
1: well, for you I always make time Christian and yeah. uh, I hope I could share a few things with potential listeners who are just considering to start a startup or travel startup and uh, if you're one of them I wish you all the best because this, <laughs> you need some luck and you need some uh, need something so uh, good luck and uh, see you next time
0: cool I think we'll wrap it up here for today so to all our listeners thank you for joining we have another great episode planned for you so watch this space. Remember to stay up to date with all our events by signing up to the I meet Hotel mailing list and visiting us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Or hey, you can go old school. Email us at info at iMeetHotel.com. So today we talked, we questioned, we learned, and most importantly, we hope we gave you something to think about. Also, if there's anything you want us to cover in future episodes, we've got a podcast team that's eager to dive into some weird and interesting research topics. So get in touch with us and let us know if there's anything you want to know about hospitality. The iMeet Hotel Podcast is a production from iMead Hotel and Bidroom, the first subscription-based online travel community. Visit Bidroom.com to learn more.